Well, I think we're about to find out what the phrase dark winter really means. Two, one. Because globally, the energy crises that have been on the horizon for the last few months are finally here with some countries around the world even experiencing complete blackouts. In the last few minutes, this neighbourhood has just got power for the first time in 10 days. They don't have enough fuel to keep running, so there is no electricity. The government says it will get power back up and running again in days. It had better. The security situation is relatively stable for now, but the people's patience will eventually run out. And before you say, well, I haven't heard anything about this in the media, Neil, no, because you won't. So today I'll be covering all of this in great detail, what's actually happening, what's caused this energy crisis, because it really is quite difficult to get to the bottom of what has caused this crisis globally and in some individual countries and continents. I've got to the bottom of it all. I'm gonna be going through it all, summarizing it all, and then telling you what action steps you can take right away this week in order to mitigate your risk against these pretty scary situations that may be on the way. This energy crisis has come as a complete shock to most people, but I know for most of you, it won't be a shock if you've been watching my videos over the last year or so. In fact, it was only earlier this year when we talked about inflation and the high levels of inflation, or even last year in 2020, when I talked about the V-shaped recovery myth and how we would go into another recession over the next year to two years. So none of this should come as a surprise to any of you because energy is tied to absolutely everything that we do, in particular GDP. You reduce the energy supply to a country and you reduce its gross domestic product. It's pretty simple mathematics. If you reduce the GDP then via the energy supply, this then creates reduced growth in the economy. Reduced growth goes on to have knock-on effects to businesses. Businesses have to make cutbacks. They have to lay off staff. Staff shortages go towards uh, unemployment scarring. People then have less money in the economy. It creates this downward spiral into another recession, which I believe that we are going into. I just can't give you the exact date of the next recession because the CPI numbers are manipulated. In fact, let's be honest, all the figures and statistics are manipulated now, not to mention, least of all, inflation, which we're told is just a couple of percent because they've stripped out everything, food, energy, housing, fuel, etc. I mean, there really isn't much left. So we can't even rely on these statistics anymore. Currently, this energy crisis is fairly isolated to Europe, Asia, and parts of the Middle East. As a result, prices for natural gas, coal, electricity have all exploded upwards. This is leading to protests throughout Europe. In particular, you may have seen Spain, where people are on the streets uh, really protesting these high energy costs, which is just going to impoverish uh, the nation. You already know about the UK, fuel shortages, 
gas problems. I've already streamed this over the last few weeks, so you should be aware of all of these things coming together. But the biggest crisis is the natural gas issue that is just building up and building up and building up. Across mainland Europe, um, in, in the UK and in Europe, we use a natural gas for heating in our homes. Now, not every home is the same, but predominantly this is what most countries throughout Europe use to actually heat their homes. And the warning is that there just isn't enough supply to actually meet that demand this winter, especially if this winter is a very cold one. There's just no possible way to actually meet that demand. Why? Because Russia is also going through the same crisis at the moment and they are saying that they need this natural gas themselves and that really it's Europe's fault for not replenishing their supplies after last winter when it was so cold. A couple of statistics then, in East Asia, the cost of natural gas is up 85% just in the last few weeks alone, hitting roughly $204 per barrel if you were to equate it to oil terms. Over in Europe, natural gas is now trading at the equivalent of $230 per barrel in, again, oil terms. Up more than 130 percent just in the last few weeks alone and up 500 percent year on year. I mean these figures are staggering and this is why I've been saying that all of this is going to add to the inflation. This inflation is, is not over yet. All of this talk about it ending around the Christmas period is nonsense. Do not buy into any of it either from a household perspective or from an investment perspective. It is pure manipulation. It is not going to happen. You're not even going to start seeing inflation coming down um, at a minimum until the beginning of Q2 2022. So you've got at least six months left of these high inflation rates at a minimum. Over in the United States, then natural gas prices have risen 47% since the beginning of August alone. Uh, and this is why I personally believe as well that the United States is going to be next to get hit by this. It's probably gonna happen in winter time. The advantage and the benefit of the United States is the, that you are an exporter of natural gas. So you should be in a lot stronger position than other nations. But of course, all of these crises together are finally now having central banks around the world start to panic. And when asked what they're going to do about it, they're saying that they are now starting to look at, you know, the semantics of it is so funny, starting to look at taking action on this. Now, what could that be? I don't wanna get too deep into it in this video, but taking action really can only be a, a couple of things. It's more money printing, which will make inflation worse, or it's rising interest rates. So actually lifting interest rates, but if they do this too heavily, too quickly, this will cause a huge, crash, especially in the United States, which would then go global. So they have to be very careful about how they do this. If you're getting value from this podcast, then you're going to love my private community, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Neil McCoy Ward. We have over a thousand members in that community. It is a fantastic community of like-minded friends committed to finance and economics. Every month, not only do you get my investment-based posts, but you also get a video which is all about macro and investing. So if you're not sure what to do with your money at the moment and how to invest going forward, you should definitely join the private community over on Patreon. 
Thanks for listening. So I've got a number of statements from different governments around the world. And I'm paraphrasing here because they're all saying the same thing, really. And they're saying that we are trying to limit the impact on consumers, but acknowledge that we may not be able to prevent bills spiking or supplies running out as we go into winter. And this is a really unusual statement. Further complicating the picture is mounting pressure on world leaders to accelerate the transition to cleaner energy despite the crisis as they prepare for a critical climate summit in November where leaders don't want their egos to be bruised. That is the weirdest statement I think I've read in a long time. Now I do understand what's going on here. Each leader is going to this conference, they all want to you know, one-up each other and say, well, we've done this for the green energy movement, etc. But I guess my main question is, who is it that's putting the pressure on the world leaders? And if you've been watching my videos, if you've seen my great reset, there's two parts to that video. If you've seen that, you'll understand where all this pressure is coming on, uh, coming from onto world leaders. You would have thought if they are a world leader, there wouldn't be pressure on them. I'm not talking about pressure from the people. This is other organizations, usually three-letter organizations, which are putting the pressure onto governments. So in essence, what you need to know about what the governments and the politicians are doing is they're more concerned about looking good with their peers and these organizations, these global organizations, than they are in looking after their own people, as can be evidenced by a lot of the actions that ministers have been taking, uh, UK, uh, Europe, um, other countries, prime examples, where they have actually elected to take no action rather than take an action until it was the last minute and they absolutely had to. So I think the key words here are reactionary as opposed to being proactive. That is what we are, are sitting in right now. They're dealing with each crisis as it comes rather than taking on board all the industry advice and preempting the crises to actually mitigate them. Coal is the next big topic then. After all these years of dirty coal, we need to get rid of this coal, fossil fuel, etc. Which is true, it is a fossil fuel, it does create emissions, etc. Um, it's not good, it's not healthy for the lungs and all these things. However, governments are now reverting back to it just like Certain people said they would have to, a lot of, uh, you may know who I'm referring to, said they would have to revert back to it because the green energy, the carbon um, emissions targets that, that were set out were just too ambitious and we needed to transition slowly across, otherwise we'd set ourselves back. Well, it looks as though that has actually happened now and it's not just me saying this, there are hundreds of experts now coming out and saying, it was just a little bit too quick to do this transition, especially not accounting for all of the lockdowns and the, the closures of industry at the same time. All of this has had a knock-on effect. And of course, you can't just turn the tap on and expect all the gas and all the electricity and everything else to just magically come back. No, you have to get everything starting. All of, Everything's interconnected, you see. And if you remember what I said about China, they have now done that U-turn on coal from Australia. Uh, not many organizations are talking about this because they don't want to, you know, have it out there in the media, but they have now done a U-turn. So Australian coal will be imported into China and China can now ramp up their, their power outage, uh, again, output. Uh, whereas they've had a lot of problems over the last couple of months. Over in India then, the Indian Power Ministry said it had directed power companies 
to boost supply to the capital, Delhi, whose chief minister has warned of a potential power crisis and blackouts within days. As many as 63 of its 135 coal-fired power plants have just two days or less of supplies before all the power will go out. So they're working on two days of backup power at the moment. It's absolute crazy. In Australia, the price of Newcastle coal is up 250% already just from now. All of these other countries going back to coal. Surprisingly, the UK has the highest risk of all Western nations of a dark winter. They love using this, uh, this, this phrase, dark winter, with ministers already having an emergency plan in place to close industry and divert what little gas is remaining to households to protect the elderly and vulnerable. This would be devastating for the UK economy as even small businesses would be forced to close under the emergency plans. I bet you haven't heard that on the mainstream media. So there are a number of reasons why the UK is suffering the worst and will suffer the worst. Uh, number one, we can talk about the storage facilities. The government allowed the storage to just run down to almost empty before deciding they needed to refill it. Well, guess what? It's too late because everyone else needs to refill at the same time. About 25% of the UK electricity is generated by wind farms and there just wasn't that much wind this year. So of course this created an issue as well. Coincidentally, we also had a broken power line with France at the absolute worst possible time. Not only that, there were a number of plans over the years to actually destroy and blow up Britain's old coal power stations. I think they probably took the expression to burn their bridges a little too seriously. Two, one. China's energy crisis as well is spilling over into their industrial sector, uh, risking their position as the number one powerhouse of production in the world, as many factories are only getting now three days. So there's rationing on electricity, three days of power, electrical power per week. This, of course, is having huge issues, not least of which for Apple and other uh, tech companies, uh, Tesla, etc. So now some of these larger companies are looking to create factories away from China while they are, they are trying to figure out a solution to all of this. But the absolute worst casualty recently is Lebanon. Lebanon's electricity failed countrywide last week, plunging the entire country into darkness. This is on top of an economic collapse, food scarcity and political corruption. If you're not aware of what's actually happened in Lebanon, their currency has almost collapsed. It's lost 90% of its value since the beginning of the pandemic or 2019, shall we say, and things are not looking good. There doesn't seem to be an easy way out of the crisis for the people there. And on top of this now, they have energy crises, they have no um, electricity. The military actually delivered, I think it was 6 million, uh, somewhere in that region, litres of fuel for the diesel generators powering the country, but it's just not enough. It's uh, estimated to only be about three days worth. The next lot of supply is supposed to be coming in from Iraq at the end of October. 
Over to the USA then, the United States is concerned the EU and Asian crisis may spill over to America this winter, experts warn. Electric companies are alerting customers about winter price hikes and an energy hedge fund has warned of potential major gas shortages. Okay, so let's get on to the crunch then. What actually is causing this energy crisis that seems to be going global right now, especially going into the winter? Well, we'll start with number one. You can't just lock down an entire planet and then, as I said earlier, open the tap and think everything's just going to come back on. It doesn't work like that. It's very intricate. The energy sector is very complex. You, you, and not just that, you've got a lot of worker shortages. You've got all the health and safety. There's a lot going on here. It's not as easy as just turning it back on. And if you haven't watched any of my videos from last year where I talked about the V-shaped myth and, and how we go into another recession and things like that, make sure to watch those videos. You can find them on the channel. Secondly, the 2020 to 2021 winter was very, very harsh. It was a lot colder than most experts actually predicted. And this depleted, so it drained the energy sources a lot faster than the government expected. Because when uh, temperatures are a lot colder, you need more energy being put into households to actually heat those homes, as well as businesses, as well as other things. So that was the, main, the, the, the second main reason. And number three, I think, was just poor planning by government officials where they were prioritize. Well, there was obviously a lot of lockdowns, but then they were prioritizing hitting these green energy targets, these CO2 emission targets, as opposed to saying, OK, wait, let's just look at this. We have a crisis on our hands right now. We have lockdowns. We have um, all of the fuel issues going on. So I think they were trying to prioritize political gains, um, a lot of them trying to look good amongst their peers and on a global scale, rather than actually helping to solve the crises that existed in the now. All right, so let me wrap up this then. I'll give you my conclusion, my final thoughts, and then action steps that you can take. Firstly, I believe that governments are going to have to go back to some sort of fossil fuel usage over the next few months, whether that's coal, oil, whatever it's going to be. I just can't see any other way out of this energy crisis that we now find ourselves in. Or if you're not already in it, it's probably coming to your country quite soon. Yes, I totally get that these leaders probably don't want to do that because they want to show their, you know, their green energy and all their emissions and the targets and all that. Great. But at the same time, what's the other choice? Are you going to leave people freezing to death at home or not having food? Because how does food get to the supermarkets? It's fuel. Uh, where does fuel come from? The refineries. You know, this is all interconnected. And I think the, the crisis that we're seeing in Europe and, and Asia specifically really sets a precedent for the rest of the world. If you're not having these crises yet, then at least the government can see what's going on uh, where we are and learn lessons from it. Although I, I doubt they will, in all honesty. I think this winter is going to be a dark winter. It's going to be very cold. Um, we're just going to have to do our best to get through it. Because in effect, if you look at most of the governments and the ministers, they are not coming up with any solutions here. I mean, check this out for yourself. They are not looking at solutions. They're being very reactive to the crises when they're actually coming about. Now, there are some really good countries, good politicians who are doing a lot and are taking preemptive measures. 
but they tend to be the minority and not the majority. So energy prices, despite what you believe and what the media and everyone's telling you, they are going to go up. Don't get swept away with all this manipulation. Energy prices are going to go up. You are going to get hit with these prices. Even if you're locked into a, a low rate contract now, a year, two years down the line, you're gonna get absolutely hit hard with these new prices. So it's a case of looking at what action steps you can do right now in order to mitigate this. So I'll tell you a few that I've written down for you. Number one, get your priorities in order. That means food, heating and fuel in that order. Most people don't think about food, but it is your main primary fuel source. So make sure, again, I know I've covered this in a lot of videos, but make sure you've got a few months worth of food stored, long life food. You don't need to get the expensive prepping type food, simple canned food, long life uh, grains and pastas will suffice for a period of time. So don't worry about not having five grand to buy all this prepping food. Just do what you can with the funds that you've got. When it comes to heating then, you can go as little or as much as you want to. I mean, the bare minimum is make sure you've got some portable electric heaters. That would be the minimum I would do. You can install a log burner at home if you haven't got one already, or if your country hasn't banned them, which is absurd. Um, you can get your fireplaces cleaned out. I know that I've had my fireplaces swept so that my fireplace are ready to go. Wood making, I mean, I don't know if you cut your own wood like I do, but look, this is another thing you can do. You can stock upon wood. If you haven't got any wood, but you've got fireplaces and log burners, don't leave it till the last minute. Most people wait till sort of November time. Don't do that, do it now. Um, same with heating oil. Get your heating oil, if you live quite rurally, ordered now. Get it delivered right now, don't wait. And especially if you need something like a generator at home, maybe one of your family members has medical equipment or something like that, where you absolutely cannot have your electricity going out, get yourself a small generator. I mean, this will keep you going if you absolutely need to. And again, this is an extreme worst case scenario, but personally, I still believe it's better to be safe than sorry. So many people used to laugh at me for my prepping supplies and how I do things. Now those people aren't laughing anymore. Now those people are messaging me and asking me for advice. So it just goes to show that you're not as mad as people really think you are. So overall, I believe that if you follow these action steps that I've given you today, you'll be in a really strong position to navigate your way through this crisis and for your family. Family is important as well. Community is important if you don't have family around you. You know, these are the people, nowadays people don't even speak to their neighbors. You know, in the big cities, no one has a clue who their neighbors are. In smaller rural communities, most people know their neighbors. You know, if you don't make those friends, make those connections, because you never know when you might need to rely on one another. Thank you so much for watching this video today. I really appreciate your time. Please click the like button, subscribe, share this video with someone who needs to see it. If they're in complete denial about anything that's going on with the energy, the inflation, uh, anything that I, I talk about on my videos each week, send them this video, please. Maybe you'll wake them up, but probably not. Apart from that, take care, God bless, and I'll see you next time.